Michael, welcome back. You are back in a country that makes sense, and yeah. you've had an experience slumming it with us Americans for a little while. How'd that go? Yeah, I was actually saying to Adina last night like how long ago it was since the last time we recorded. It yeah, feels I like was thinking about ages. that earlier. Mm -hmm. It does. It absolutely does. Because we're a little late in the month. Because I wanted to wait until I got home. Like I wanted to wait till WWC was done, and then we were in San Francisco for a week, and I wanted to record just the shows that had to be recorded that week, right? So like the news-focused stuff um, and everything else I just you know either did before or do after. And I also thought... You know, it'd probably be fun to talk about WWDC. I was hoping that we would be able to talk about a warm, loving embrace, but you didn't make it out this time again, which I'm very sad about. Yes, uh, I assure you, no one is more sad than me. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I had you know scheduled. I had booked a hotel reservation, two hotel reservations, as one did and has, and as I have done for many, many years, excepting last year. And um, and I, they were refundable, of course. And I and I booked them for the two weeks I thought were likely. And then um, at about the same time, everyone got some sort of in, uh, communication from Apple PR. Uh, unfortunately, mine said, hey, here's one you can watch online. And fortunately, the yours said- The email, you mean. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And yours said, hey, why don't you come visit and watch uh -huh. with us? And I did not get one of those. I pled and begged and did whatever I could to try to make my case, uh, but I was not a chosen one for this year. Uh, and I'm- I'm really, really sad about it, and we—I don't think it's worth talking about because I wanted—I want this to be a happy episode. We'll talk about it maybe eventually one day when I'm less sad and grumpy about it. But I was sad. I—I I was sad. I am sad, but I am not sad. In fact, I am relieved and happy and thankful that you got to turn your 2021 frown or 2022, excuse me, frown upside down. And from everything I've heard from your many, many shows that I've listened to over the last couple of weeks, sounds like this experience was just a touch better than last year. Yeah, I feel like I got the full court press. You know, like <laughs> I got everything I could have wished for and then some. That's um, incredible. It, it was one of those, I don't know. It was just like a very sh interesting and kind of surreal experience that I'm not sure I've fully processed yet because everything's been moving so quickly, which kind of also, I feel like at this point, means I probably will never get the chance to fully process <laughs> that experience. So like I've been, th I was thinking a lot about this in the lead up to WWDC. You know, I was like, I was hoping I was going to get invited. I, I felt like it was, I, I was very confident that I would um, because I did last year. That's never a, what is it like past results and never an indication of future results is some kind of phrase like that. Yeah, I know what you're thinking of. I can't think of it either. But yeah, let me tell you, yes. an invite last year does not guarantee exactly. an invite this year. I can tell you for sure. But, and I've known this to happen to other people. In the, I, I have other friends mm -hmm. who this yeah, happened yeah, yeah. to in the past. Like, you know, things are messed up, mixed up. This year, like the makeup of the people in the media, um, I don't know cohort was different there were like people that they wouldn't normally invite right like a lot a lot of vr people who probably won't come next time right it's mm -hmm. same as like when they did the watch they had a lot of fashion people but yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get that every time similar in like every apple event has its own makeup of people right depending on whatever they want but i did kind of feel like my 2022 experience gave me a shoe in for 2023 I don't expect any future years particularly, but I expect I expected this one, mm -hmm. uh, and it came through. 
And in the lead up to the event, I was kind of thinking a lot about what it's like to be in that section um, watching a keynote and what is the makeup of the people that are there? Who are they? Like, what do they do? You know, and like, Mm -hmm. I would assume that the vast majority of people in the media area are either journalists, right? And they consider (laughs) themselves journalists. So they allow themselves to be impressed, but not like excited about things. Or they're kind of jaded um, or like for them, this is every year, this is every month. Like I was sitting uh, one row in front, but to the right of MKBHD, Mm. Mm -hmm. which by the way, it was super funny Um, in the media area, people were asking him for selfies. (laughs) That didn't happen to anybody else. Nobody else. Just Oh yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Like, I didn't see it anyway, but, like, I was pretty close to him, but, like, as soon as he walked into the media area, other people from the media were asking for selfies with him, which I found funny, but not surprising. Yeah, I would agree with that. Is he as tall as I expect? He's taller. He's huge and so (laughs) handsome. My word. Oh, my God, yeah. Anyway, but we don't need to get into that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And... So I was kind of, you know, like someone like him, he is at every event. And like, if was if he wasn't invited, it would kind of be a mistake, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, there were just yeah, people yeah. like that. Like, I was also sitting pretty close to the Verge gang, similar, right? Mm-hmm. So for them, it's kind of just like, this is normal. And I was kind of thinking to myself, like, who am I in this, right? Like, right. I've never considered myself a journalist. I never have. Mm-hmm. I am an enthusiast, I guess. Um, like that's kind of what how I would consider myself because I am enthusiastic about these things. I like them, and it kind of a lot. Of, I, I I've been thinking a lot about this stuff recently because of this WWDC experience, kind of like before and after of like who am I and what do I do? Like how how do I consider my work? And where I've kind of settled on it is that idea that like I am an enthusiast like that's who i am like this is an enthusiast thing for me like all of my shows or whatever like for upgrade for me i approach it as an enthusiast i expect jason approaches it as a journalist sure right because that's his background but for me also i don't know how everybody else thinks of this but like i consider my shows as entertainment they are technology entertainment Mm -hmm. right like that's how i think about them that's what I like to produce. And by and large, it's what I like to listen to. Um, and so I've kind of come to that. I don't know. I, it, this is just like a thing that I've been thinking about a lot, really. And I'm actually kind of happy with where I'm sitting with that. In that sense of like, then as things were happening, I was clapping, I was whooping, cheering, like making jokes with my friends. I had the pleasure of sitting next to Underscore. Um, mm, mm-hmm. I had underscore on one side, Federico on the other side, which is a very good sandwich. That is a very, very tasty sandwich indeed. And it ended up being like two perfect people to sit next to. Because like Federico, I just went to sit next to him anyway, because it's just fun. Like we just make jokes or whatever. But it was like the year of the widget. You know what I mean? Like it was mm-hmm. just like, 
I got to see that man. I took a picture of Underscore with the biggest smile on his face at one point <laughs> because they were just widget, widget, widget all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, you know, that was all uh, that was all fantastic. Like the, the, watching the keynote was really great. But one of the, the be- probably the best moment for me is, so once the keynote ended, it was just like pandemonium, right? Like people were just... <laughs> flying left right and center and like i didn't all i knew was that i had an upgrade recording later on in the day and that i could use whatever the media filing center was it ended up being like the cafe part of the visitor center they just closed it off to everyone except media which was Mm -hmm. helpful for me but isn't helpful for everybody else. And then they had like, and all the snacks and drinks and food were free then. So it was very helpful for me because it gave me like somewhere to go, somewhere to be. So I assumed I was going there, but like the whole gang uh, just started walking, following like our overall PR contact. Mm -hmm. Um, They just started walking. I I didn't know where I was going. Like I was just like, (laughs) we're just walking. And there was a part of me that was like, could we go into like a hands-on or something? But there was like people milling around left, right, and center. But so it didn't really make sense to me because there were no signage. No one was checking where I was going. Like I wasn't, right. no one was checking a badge or whatever. And I was like, we have underscore. I'm like, where are we going? And he just went to me, not to a bad place. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like uh, okay. Like, which is it's like a very funny phrase. And then uh, we turned this corner and it's the Cedros Theater. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Underscore was taking pictures of me, and I didn't know. Uh, so I have this selection of photos of, of like this realization face. Oh, that's and so just good. absolute pure joy on my face. I will send them to you. I, I'm not going to share these photos because they're like yes. they're not particularly good or really flattering <laughs> in any way. <laughs> uh, but like it was, I would just you know. And I will say, when I saw that theater, I I got choked up. I had a little tear in my eye because, one, it was just like such a fantastic surprise. But also, like, that place, it is kind of a monument, right? Mm, like, mm-hmm. it is a, it's a tribute, yeah, right, to Steve Jobs. And it's also just a place that I never really expected that I would be, maybe that I hoped I would be, but never really imagined myself being there, especially like when I was sitting outside, didn't think that I would be, right? Like I had a hope that maybe the media would go to the, to watch the presentation there. But when I found out I was outside, it's just kind of like, okay, that's the end of that. So Mike has sent me a couple of photos of this moment and I can understand why you wouldn't be extraordinarily keen to share these, but I think they're adorable. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to pressure you. I totally understand. I, I back you up in your decision to keep these for yourself. Yeah, these are for me. These 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 are private photos. They, they are incredible. So the first that Mike has sent is a profile shot of Mike looking forward with this, oh my gosh, smile on his face. And I'm assuming this is in chronological order, but then the second shot is Mike turning to underscore slash the camera with this realization of basically, holy smokes, that's it. And these are great. Yeah. Well, because also, like, the, I'm looking at the camera because I didn't understand why Underscore had his phone in his hand in, like, a very strange <laughs> position because he was kind of, like, taking photos of me from a distance. Again, right. it's just, like, once again proving why Underscore is, like, the best friend you can have 
Indeed. That he... Indeed. He knew he didn't spoil it and also wanted to capture that moment for me because he knew how <laughs> much it would mean to me. I can just imagine his voice and him saying, oh, we're not going to a bad place. That's what he's saying. He says, don't worry. It's not a bad place. And I'm like, what? what does that mean? He's like, it's a good it's place. such underscore energy. I love <laughs> him so much. Oh, place. my word. Oh, God, that's so good. But no, these photos, these photos are adorable. Uh, but anyways, no, so you go into the Steve Jobs Theater. And at that point, you're seeing, you're seeing Mac hardware. Is that correct? It was Mac hardware upstairs. And then there was like this moment. It was like the Vision Pro's downstairs. So like went downstairs and there was just, there was like this ring table. And you've seen pictures of this. Like Mm -hmm. there were pictures of like these Vision Pro's and loads of people taking pictures of them. That was downstairs in the Steve Jobs Theater. And, you know, I have my own images of it now. I I think I put one on on Instagram, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Where it kind of, to me, what I liked about it is it reminded me of the like 2007 iPhone introduction. Of yeah, just like yeah, yeah. these people just crowding around like a thing. And that thing just ended up yeah, being the Vision Pro this time rather than the iPhone. But with the right. key difference being there weren't any like iPhones to take pictures of <laughs> right. the thing then. Um, yep, 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 yep. So what does it look like in person? The Vision Pro. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very cool. It's a cool. It's a cool. I would say, like futuristic looking piece of mm-hmm. technology. It looks well made. It looks luxurious. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really know what more to say about that. I mean, it looks like <laughs> Apple's he- VR headset is what it looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that, that's fair. If you were like, oh. It's, I think it's one of the reasons why there are a bunch of renders that seem pretty spot on to what it ended up being. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Because by and large, it's like a perfect embodiment of their industrial design language of the last five years. Like there are so many references throughout this thing, <laughs> right? It's like there's a bit of AirPods Max in there. There's a bit of Apple mm-hmm. Watch in there. There's a bit of iPhone in there. Like it's all kind of in there and they do a very good job of embodying that within this one piece of hardware you know mm-hmm. yeah so um I, I don't plan to and and i don't think we should spend a bunch of time talking about like you know the actual content of wdc i thought mm-hmm. this was more of a meta episode about your experience that being said if you're interested in john's comment uh, john's wow where did that come from hello i want to know john, what john has to think I which john yeah yeah i don't know we, we gotta we gotta take all that out good no no, no i want to hear uh, what's john got to say i don't hey, know john. why i said that yeah who is that is it the one true john is it my do you john? even know which john you might have no meant? i don't where did that come from i'm looking at look, the... you deal with a lot of johns like you know what i don't i don't know there's a lot of johns that's why we have otj there's a name yeah, i know right? it's true golly how disrespectful on my part i'm sorry my Anyways, if you want inside, oh, I was about to bring up Cortex. Oh, I was okay. talking. I was thinking about Cortex. I mean, mm. the, the other guy isn't John on Cortex. It's the one podcast that doesn't have a John in it. Ah, anyway, <laughs> golly, I oh, I'm just eating my words today. I'm very proud Anyhow, of that episode of Cortex. Well, so here's the thing. Now we can't cut this out because we talked about it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no, that uh, was Jim, 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 you dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah. So if you want to hear. <laughs> Mike's experience with Mm -hmm. the Vision Pro. Not John. I don't know which John we're talking about, but definitely not that one. Uh, If you want to hear Mike's experience, it was an excellent 
episode of Cortex, which we will put in the show notes. I really enjoy Cortex. Uh, no, always. Sometimes it's a, ha- a hate listen, but usually I just genuinely, genuinely like it. Um, but uh, this one was particularly great. And for the record, when it's a hate listen, it's because I don't understand anything about Gray's perspective on anything. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I really enjoyed this episode. It is a it is probably the best, uh, not rendition, but um, a recount uh, or, or storytelling of the Vision Vision Pro experience. I cannot say enough good things about Cortex. If you are even vaguely interested in the Vision Pro, you can hear what Mike or my made-up friend John have to say about it uh, by listening to the latest episode of Cortex. But yeah, so back to the meta experience. So you 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 are in Steve Jobs Theater. You get to look around. You get to feel the handrail in the staircase. It's like cut into the granite or whatever it is, if memory serves. Um, you, you get to have that whole experience. Did you ride the twisty elevator in the, in the theater? No, I went down the stairs. Ah, that's too bad. All right. And so you were, you were there for how long? 20 minutes, an hour and a half? What, just wager a guess. I would say about in the, in the, in the Steve Jobs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about half an hour. Okay. It was also in the Steve Jobs theater where I started lobbying to get my time with the Vision Pro. <laughs> with with your PR contact, mm-hmm. I just very cleanly and clearly laid out to them why I felt I should try it on, mm-hmm. and I think it worked for me. <laughs> it did work for me. Like they understood, it, it made sense to them. I was like, we just did this thing on Cortex about the MetaQuest, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that was because we knew this was coming. Right. And like I wanted to have kind of uh, understanding and a, and a kind of a flag in the ground of like, this is what the current state of the art does. And I wanted to be able to experience this to compare them. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I laid out audience size numbers and just threw as much for any numbers as possible to help them make their case. And it ended up working. And I was pretty proud of that because everyone I know was making a case. <laughs> everybody was making a case with anyone that they Indeed. could make a case with and luckily I was able to get one squeezed in and it was also one of those it was it was a moment where I had to like catch myself a bunch of times because once it was known how this was happening you know like it kind of got around in a way of like we're, everyone was wondering like will there be some kind of um hands-on time or whatever with the headset and people were trying to wonder what that might look like and then a selection of people including many of our friends had a long briefing booked in their diary Mm -hmm. and that ended up being their uh hands-on experience time Mm. but it was very limited because Mm -hmm. it is a thing that takes about an hour and 15 minutes or something like that start to finish so you can't have everyone go through it. It's just not possible. Like, you know, there are hundreds and hundreds of people from the media there. Wait, but the whole thing was an hour and 15, you said? I thought the 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 hands-on itself was only half an hour. So what was the other, you know, 45 minutes or whatever? Well, it's the waiting. Like, okay. the, you, you, when you go in and, and they're, like, sizing, you have to go in and get, like, measured up and stuff. Mm, and mm-hmm, then they're mm-hmm. putting your uh, headset together, basically. And then afterwards, you sit down with someone and t- try attempt to talk about what you just experienced and ask questions and stuff. So <laughs> they allot like an hour and 15. I, I, I actually don't know how long mine was. Really, I reckon I was probably there for an hour. 
but that was mm-hmm. kind of the the time I believe that they t- that they allotted for you to do it because it's also pretty far away as well from the entrance to Apple Park, like the the structure that they built. So it's probably all of that involved at the minute too. So like you know, if you've got something taken an hour, and there were probably like twelve um, rooms where they were doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you go twelve people an hour over two days. Like that's yeah. not a lot of people that can yep. experience yep, yep. that thing. So you know, everyone was making their case, and but it was obviously quite limited. And the thing that was kind of sobering to me was I just had this experience of going to the WBC, going to the Steve Theater, something that I wanted for 15 years of my life, like, and I was still jealous. <laughs> and it was a sobering experience to me of, like, that idea of, like, you... This is a thing that I've experienced a bunch of my life where I have been lucky enough to achieve my dreams. Mm-hmm. Once you achieve your dream, the dream's done. And yep, like that's it. You can enjoy it and you have good memories of it. Da, 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 da. But then like all we are hum- a human nature will tell us that we're then just gonna want another thing. Or sometimes the problem <laughs> is you don't know what you want, and that's like its own emotional journey that you have to go through. <laughs> but then it was like, you know, ah, oh, I really want this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh so it's complicated, but yeah, I ended up getting the Vision Pro demo and like from that perspective, like, you know, I say it now and, you know, we can we can check back in with me in a year from now, but I do kind of believe now that like I don't have a desire, like a need to ever do anything like this again. Okay, tell me why. I will take any opportunity that people can will give me and if it's if it's a thing that I can do I will do it because I enjoy this stuff and it's part of what's important to me and it helps me be best informed to therefore best serve the our audiences but if I'm looking at this as like this was like a personal thing that I wanted to do like sim- and like the personal part of it is also why like I didn't take any notes during the keynote I just sat and watched it mm-hmm. but it was the perfect experience. Like, not only did I achieve the keynote thing, right, and going to a hands-on area, like a real person from the media, like, I got to experience a 30-minute demo of a product that might not be in people's hands until nine months from now, a year from now. Mm -hmm. There are so few people in the world that get that. Like in history, Apple's only done it like modern Apple, right? I'm thinking of like 2000s on or whatever. They've done it with like three products, right? Yep, yep. Um, and the Apple Watch one was like barely a demo. <laughs> like they, ju- you could just put it on. Um, right. and the iPhone one was incredibly limited. I know Jason was one of those people. He got that. Uh, it's been fun mm-hmm. to hear him kind of reference that over the last couple of weeks a little bit more of like what it was like to get the iPhone um, in, a, in a room, you know. And there were so few people that got to experience that. It's like, I never would have dreamed of that for me, you know. Like, that's not a thing that I ever imagined that I would have achieved. Like, to be in that rarefied air, yeah, like, yeah. 
you know, I, and I and I consider myself incredibly fortunate that I was able to put myself in a position where that was given on merit. Like, well, that's the thing. I was I was about to pump the brakes for you because it's not like uh, as much as you joke, and I think there's a shred of truth to it that you were kind of owed a good WWDC experience this year. That didn't include the Vision Pro part. Like, well, exactly. I know that. No one was giving that to anyone on sympathy. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, as even even leaving aside 2022, like 2022 happened on merit, which is what you just said. And and I and I know that if I were in your shoes, I'd be trying to like find excuses for why, oh, I just got lucky. It wasn't me. I was just very, very lucky, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. You earned this. You did a lot of work over a very long time to earn all of this, including your Vision Pro demo. Not limited to, but including yeah, that demo. I, I, look, I agree with you, like, but that is like that is a very like hard thing to achieve. That 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 yeah. one particular thing. Mm-hmm. Like if I look at the people, the other people that I know that did get that opportunity, it makes a lot of sense to me of like you are a known trusted entity. You know, like I look at someone like Federico or Jason, right? They both got theirs. They were pre-booked into it before they even knew what it was. These mm-hmm. are guys that like they've done this so many times. You know, it's like yeah. Apple can be pretty confident that like if they put them through a good experience, they know they're going to get what they want out of it on the other end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of like they're going to write a good thing and it's going to be well well done and well produced and on time and all that stuff, right? They didn't know what I was going to do, realistically. Yeah. Right? And that was why me and Gray were, like, on it. We moved our recording up by two days. Like, we <laughs> turned it around faster than any episode we've ever done. Like, yeah, we I was both say, saw it. it was quick. Yes. Yeah. We both saw it as, like, an important thing. And, like, yeah, I have a lot of people in my life that are happy for me for this. I don't think anyone's happier than Gray was, like, which is just so <laughs> adorable. Like, But, like, yeah. we were... Yeah. You know, it was a turnaround, taking advantage of time zones, like he's editing while I'm sleeping and like all that kind of stuff. And we got it out very quickly. Like I did the thing on Tuesday and I think the episode was out on Thursday and we recorded it on Wednesday. So like it was, you know. It was incredible. And in the defense of Gray, even though I was just making, you know, poking fun at him earlier, I, you know, having spent time with Gray in person, like Gray is an incredibly cool and kind person. Mm -hmm. And and the the persona that you see on the podcast often but not always is more robotic than the actual gray and i don't think that's like a deliberate choice i just think you know I've, even though i try to be We're the same me, exactly like i try to be as real on the microphone as i am in person and i like to think i get it pretty close and i say the same for you as well but we're all different um but gray was full on like friend gray rather yeah, yeah. than co-host gray in that episode and i think Reflecting on it, that was that that helped tremendously in making that episode so fun and so wholesome because it was first and foremost uh, probably the definitive retelling of what the Vision Pro experience was like. Yeah, I don't you know me. I don't like to toot my own horn that much. Like no, I yeah, get embarrassed yeah. about it. That's why it. I'm here. But this is one thing where I think I made something special that nobody else made because agreed. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was writing like opinion about it, which I think is super helpful. But I felt like the best thing that I could do was try and take the listener through the entire thing. I felt like it mm-hmm. was a, what I felt was something that was like unique that I was able to do. Cause I was just, I was, 
It was I was explaining it to someone directly, right? So yep, yep. it was easy for me to do it because I'm just telling Gray about what I did. And I had like these notes of the entire experience. Because also for me, I didn't really feel like I was able to formulate something smart to say <laughs> within that window of time. Sure, sure, sure. Right? Like I feel like I needed more time. And I feel like this week I've had smarter things to say about the Vision Pro than I did two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Because I've let it kind of embed in me a little bit. But what I've been happy with is I don't, I have yet to, I have not seen anyone do something like what that episode of Cortex was, which was like, let me just tell you exactly what this process or every piece of it start to end, um, where there are like, you know, so many wonderful opinion pieces, right? Like, but yeah, I was, I was just really happy with it. I I think it was a, a good thing. And we've had so much good. We've had so much good feedback about the episode, which also makes me feel really happy because I spoke for like 80% of the episode. <laughs> and, you know, that's not typically me in a lot of my shows. And sometimes yep, 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 yep. people will comment on that when I do do that or they don't like it. And mm-hmm. so it was really nice to get really overwhelmingly positive feedback about the episode that like people just thought it was really good. And that just makes me happy because yeah. You, you absolutely deserved it. And, and I think, you know, your efforts were front and center. The, the, the thing that the episode, the, the thing that carried the episode, but hearing gray again, I don't mean to imply that he's putting on a different face deliberately or anything like that, but you know, hearing gray kind of, a take off the mask, which is again not the right no, analogy. No, no, no. You know what I, I'm saying? I think what's better to it's, we just don't really would. It's rare that we would have the opportunity for on an episode of the show for one of us to be so excited about a thing. It's just it's just not a. Mm-hmm. It's just not what the show is normally, right? Like yeah, we're not surprising yeah. each other. You know, it's just like <laughs> you know because we we didn't talk about it at all. Nothing. Yep, and 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 I think also what made it so fun is that you were giddy to have had the experience and to relate the experience. And he was giddy, not only that you had the experience, but to hear about it like in, in, in from, from his own perspective, because he's so interested in this mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, uh, we don't need to go on anymore about it, but I just, it, it was such a good episode. And I, even if Cortex isn't your thing, which I don't know how it couldn't be because it's such a great show, but even if it isn't normally your thing, please give this one a shot because it's very good. So, all right, so we should probably fast forward at least a little bit, uh, unless you had something else with regard to the Vision Pro and mm-hmm. Steve Jobs Theater experience. But how was, when was when was the Vision Pro thing? That was Tuesday for you? Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday, right at the end of Tuesday. So how was the recordings that you did, or how were the recordings that you did? How was the rest of WWDC week before you, uh, if, me- if memory serves, you ended up moving on to San Francisco after a few days? Mm-hmm. But how was the rest of the time in the Cupertino area? I mean, it was great for me because it was my it was my chance to reunite with a bunch of people I haven't seen. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. like even Fed, like Federico, I haven't seen him. Um, you hadn't seen him at all. In, no, in the last we few hadn't years? seen each other since twenty nineteen. Mm. He he had also the same thing. Well, like for him, he'd seen even less people. He'd seen nobody. Right, where I'd yeah. at least seen some people because I'd done some other traveling or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it was really great to have the bumping into listeners experience too which oh that's so fun that was like you know like where this hit me the most is after the talk show so that's always like a after the talk show is so many people there and 
you know, it's not your show, so you're just like leaving from the lobby like everybody else, right? Right. And right. so you're just bumping into people, people got things to say. I had like multiple people come up to me and tell me, and this is the first time this has happened, and I think it's just like the difference in those like four years. I had more I had like I think three people come up to me just outside of the talk show to tell me that they started listening to me in school which is the oh, reason they got interested in technology and now they work at Apple. That's cool. I've, I haven't that had that. That is cool. And that's the, you know, Relay's nine years this year. That's long enough now, right? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. like that, I've not had that before and I loved it. Like I can imagine it would make some people feel old, but I don't feel old yet. Like, you know, <laughs> we were making fun of Jason because he had a couple of people come and be like, I've been listening to you since I was in high school or elementary school. And he was just like dying. But right, like for right. me, it was just like, these are people that are young still, right? They're yeah, in their early yeah, yeah, 20s yeah. or whatever. And I know I've been doing this for nine, like for 15 years, but nine years to most people. So it's like, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But that was like a really nice experience. And I I didn't know how much I'd miss that, like that feeling of of meeting listeners, mm-hmm. like because I've you know it, it's happened to me a couple of times since, but there was just something about the concentration of it that was really nice, like that was yeah. a very nice feeling, and it it was something that surprised me in how good it felt to experience that again because I wasn't sure how it was going to feel from like uh, being around so many people mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. and I was fine with all of that and and yeah it it wasn't like a thing that bothered me at all in the end which was good I was happy about that yep and you didn't take home any any you know souvenirs there was no covid nope. diagnosis afterwards like nope. poor Dan Morin apparently took down his whole family but yep but um, that was yeah Dan didn't have covid before uh, which I think was, I don't know if that's part of the reason, but I know that me yeah, and Dan yeah, yeah. were in a room together a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, but anyway, like, that's, yeah, it, but if everybody, I only know that Dan got it and yeah, like that's everyone true. else that's is true. fine. Mm-hmm. And, which was like, at one point I was like, you know, I'm not smart enough to understand all the science, but if we did this in 2021, <laughs> everyone would be down. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like I super so interesting now to be like, like no one was wearing masks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't mm-hmm. wearing a mask in large group environments. Nobody was. Um, right. I wore a mask when traveling, which I just do anyway. But when, you know, like for the whole time that I was around people, um, like at WWDC, inside of rooms, recording chat, like no, there was no mask wearing at all. Um, and I was fine. I know not everybody will be. I know someone who wasn't. But, it's just an interesting change, I think, sure. from Absolutely. where we've been over the last few years. Well, hell, especially for you when you were, you know, persona non grata because mm-hmm. you accidentally had gotten sick. Um, you know, that, obviously that was super to interesting to me because, like, I got—I think it's similar to Dan. Like, I got COVID in the first place I could have conceivably got it, which was mm. a wedding. No mm-hmm. masks, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Took me down. So it's like similar yeah. for Dan, but now. Like, this was, like, way more than that. Like, I was around people in large groups the whole time inside small of theaters groups, watching yeah. shows, like, yeah, yeah. small small groups, large groups, meals, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm uh, nothing. I'm fine. I don't even have a cold or anything, which is super unlikely for me. So, very happy. I have a cold, for goodness sakes. Yeah, I don't know how you got don't. Got immune but... system, son. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Seriously. 
and then we took a break in San Francisco. Michael, you did you did me a favor mm. when you were in San Francisco, and it made me impossibly happy. Also a little sad, but mostly impossibly happy. Ah. You and you and Adina went somewhere yes. that I haven't been in I can't remember how long. It's very likely, very likely the last time I was there was with you. That and I like miss this place. Or something. Yeah, something like that. Or 2017, 2018, something like that. I miss this place dearly. I really, truly do. It is hands down one of my favorite restaurants in the entire world. Easily top 10, possibly top five. You return to the House of Prime Rib. Yep. And I decided. I was going to photo blog uh, for you every course of the meal. It was so, um, it looked so amazing. I can only imagine it tasted even better. It was super good. I mean, I loved oh, it. It was kind of like I wasn't actually so feeling too great that day. Like I was like, you know, it's just like jet lag kind of stomach. Yeah. Like, yeah. like why well, I wasn't too hungry. Mm -hmm. I took care of that meal. No problem. <laughs> Did you get, okay, so we should back up a half step. House of Prime Rib is a San Francisco institution. They get, they do many things, but particularly drinks, but they also do prime rib. Um, they, they have this really crazy salad that they make like at the table, which is delightful. They have these sides that are amazing, but they bring around these like Zeppelins or blimps, if you will, they, these carts that have prime rib and they will literally cut you what you want at your table hand it to you. And what's hilarious about the House of Prime Rib is that you can option to have what I believe they call the dessert cut. Yeah. So after you finish your main course of prime rib, you can option to have a very thin slice of bonus prime rib as kind of a dessert. Did you end up going for a dessert cut on this particular evening? No. I, I don't think I ever have, to be honest I with you. I have done it the first time because it was funny. Uh, mm -hmm. But I wasn't in, I wasn't in dessert cut. Uh, mind. We did actually. We <laughs> took a walk to a salt and straw and got ice cream afterwards, nice. um, which also was helpful because we got to have like a thirty-five minute walk up a bunch of hills in San Francisco, which I think was right. good for the old digestion. <laughs> right, um, right. But so San Francisco is like an interesting place because, like, you know, I'd been there a bunch of times for WWDC and had like a real like love hate relationship with San Francisco. You know, like it was somewhere I always wanted to go to as a kid. And when I went there the first time, it just didn't live up to my expectations. Like mm -hmm. San Francisco, downtown San Francisco, which is where I would spend the most of my time, is a place that has its has problems. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. The people experiencing homelessness in San Francisco is unlike anywhere else you will experience it in the world. Um, like you know, there isn't really a kind way to say it. I mean, and and it's just the the actuality of it that. I think there is a, a a large mixture of mental health issues and drug related mental health issues mm -hmm. that create you know on this on couple of streets, especially Market Street, which is like the biggest street that runs through most of San Francisco, uh, downtown San Francisco, like a, quite an, an unsafe feeling atmosphere at times because people yep. act erratically. Um, it can be uncomfortable. And that's mm -hmm. always been a thing that I've experienced in San Francisco, and and it was it it, it kind of makes the city sometimes harder to be in. Yep, agreed. When you go out, you know, you go to like the suburbs and stuff. It's kind of interesting, really. Like there's none of this, um, and it feels like as well, like San Francisco, the city, purposefully or not, is pushing this into certain areas. Um, mm -hmm. And like, you know, especially if you go like into the mission, which is like further down and, and it can get even worse, um, which is 
also really, it's it's difficult it's, it, and it's also this juxtaposition of like how much money there is there and yep it, it's 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 a city which you will have very complicated feelings about <laughs> well put indeed yeah i i i always had very complicated feelings about san francisco and you know when i when i say it's not my favorite place people always ask well are you just hanging out around moscone and yeah that is where most of my experience is but yes. i have also ventured to other areas of san francisco and and i i can totally understand why one would enjoy san francisco it's just I, I don't think it's ever been for me and that's fine i'm not saying it shouldn't be for anyone else it's just for me it was never I mean, really you my go out into the suburbs it's adorable like we found a mm-hmm, place mm-hmm. last time that we went there called hayes valley i think it's called just mm. lovely this is like a lovely little place and it's like feels very family oriented there's like these little sort of parks it's beautiful um so wide kind of like you know, once we moved to San Jose, it was kind of like, okay, my time in San Francisco is probably done. But then um, Adina came out there uh, for the, f- we went there for the first time on our honeymoon because we were going to Hawaii. So we stopped off in San Francisco on the way and she really liked it. And then again on the fifth anniversary show and it actually be kind of with her became a place that meant a lot to us and we really enjoyed yeah. it there and I kind of got a new life on it. And mm-hmm. Uh, we went there last year and it was the best part of our trip because it was, we actually got to do things and enjoy the city. And we found, you know, we have a few restaurants that we love, some of our favorites. One of my favorite pizza places in the world called Golden Boy Pizza is there. They make Detroit style pizza. It's fantastic. I enjoy it so much. I think I'm done again. <sighs> With San Francisco? Yeah. Oh, interesting. What makes you say that? It's like a ghost town now. Really? I did not expect that. So we tend to stay in Union Square. Like, that's the kind of area that we stay in. Which, again, is like, you know, to our own faults in a way, because we are staying on Market Street. But mm-hmm. it's within walking distance of a bunch of, like, we love to go and get breakfast at the ferry building. You know, like, we just, this is like just stuff that we like to do. Mm-hmm. Market Street now is just full of empty stores. Oh, that's really surprising. And while we were there, the big Westfield Mall announced that it was closing. Oh, that's right. And they had <laughs> yeah. such a good food court, too, which yep. sounds silly, yep. but hand, hand goodness, like it was a legitimately excellent food court with really, really cool food in there. And like, yep. what was it? Merlin had recommended, oh, shoot, I can't remember the name of the restaurant. It doesn't matter, but they had like a really good tri tip there that I remember being mm-hmm. genuinely delicious. There's like a bunch of different stalls in that food court. And it, it was a nice mall. Every time we went, every time I was in San Francisco, there was always some sort of Italian car parked in front of it, you know, a Ferrari or Lamborghini or whatever. It was a very, very nice mall. And yeah, I'd forgotten that it had closed down or it was saying it had said it, they were going to close. Yep. I think it's just a rough time. I think COVID yeah. shut a lot of places down and it's like a lot of places in the world. It's kind of reworking out what it is. And Again, like this was only a thing that we saw in downtown San Francisco. The rest of San Francisco seemed to be thriving, especially the neighborhood mm-hmm. areas. But that's not where we stay. Right. 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 Like, I'm not going to go get an Airbnb in a neighborhood. Like, it's just not what I like to do. <laughs> and so sure. I think for a bit, because uh, I think that potentially it might get a little bit worse before it gets better, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I think we're done. It was just like one of these things was like, oh, well, let's go to this place. Oh, it's closed. Oh, let's go to this place. Oh, it doesn't exist uh, anymore. You know, like we a had bummer. a bunch of that. So I think maybe 
it's just got to kind of bounce back from where it is now, which I have no doubt that it will because, I mean, it's one of the top destinations in America, right, for tr- for tourism. Yeah. But I mm. think it's just kind of going th- needs to go through a bit of, like, change. And I don't need to be around when that's happening. So I think we're, we're going <laughs> to put San Francisco on pause for a bit. That makes sense. And then, and then, so you spent a few days in San Francisco and then back to London after that? Yes. It sounds like it was a damn good trip. It really does. Yeah, it was... It was about as good as I could have wished. All right, so I'm going to ask you your favorite moment, and then you're going to tell me it was re- the Vision Pro, Reality Pro, whatever, Vision Pro. Uh, and then you're go- then I'm going to ask you, okay, fine, what was your second favorite moment? So what was your favorite moment? Um, it was really fun to be in this, like, media breakfast area. Um, oh, I did not expect morning. that. All right. Just because it was like the excitement I had at that moment of what was coming and like yeah, seeing people really coming know. in and, and mm-hmm. you know, looking out and seeing the rainbow stage, like that was very special. Everyone was super excited. It was, yeah, it was really good. It was really, really good. Oh, excellent. I, I love that answer. That is not at all the answer I expected. I am here for it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what would you say uh, Adina thought? Like what was her favorite moment, do you think? We really liked the food in San Francisco, like, and I have no doubt that that. Oh, we also went to a Giants game, which I know she really enjoyed with the snails. Uh, yes, I am not a baseball person, but I will be the first to tell you that seeing a baseball game in person is quite a lot of fun. And I have not been to the, um, I don't remember the name of the ballpark, but I haven't been Oracle to the Park. Giant. Thank you. I haven't been to Oracle Park, but it, it I've seen it because I think you used to do it with me, if, if memory serves. When Dub Dub was in San Francisco, we used to go to the Macworld party back when yep. Jason worked there, and they overlooked Oracle Park, I believe. I, I don't think I'm making this it up. It was I think down that's the accurate. street. Like, okay, so yeah. Uh, and it looks gorgeous from from uh, from far away and from above. And it's ex- an exciting game. We saw a splash hit, which is... The 101st splash hit. We saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that was really fun. That was actually a very, very good and unexpected day. It was like Jason was like, Do you want to go baseball tomorrow? And we're like, Yes. And so like <laughs> yes, we, we, we both really enjoyed that. That was really good fun. You know, can I can we I know we need to uh we, we really need to, take need to a, move a, on. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's take a break and then I'd like to take a very quick tangent from what you just said. Right. But let's let's take a quick break first. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. With Squarespace, you can stand out from the crowd of a beautiful website, engage directly with your audience and sell your products, services, and even the content that you create because Squarespace has got you covered. It's super simple to get started. You just choose from one of their beautiful, best-in-class website templates that you can customize to fit your needs exactly. You just browse their categories to find the perfect starting point. Maybe it's for the type of business Business that you want to make or an event that you want to run they have all of the templates right there you can customize them with a few clicks but it isn't just about visuals it's also like they give you like a template page structure which you can use if you want to which can be very helpful for knowing exactly what you need to put on a website that fits the category that you want to make it in then, once you've got it all set up, maybe you want to add a blog to your site. Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share your stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize them, share them, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. And they even have the ability to sell products of your own. Whether you sell physical or digital goods, Squarespace has all of the tools that you need to start selling online. 
go to squarespace.com slash analog and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. This is super helpful because you can go in and build your entire website, see how it fits, see how exactly how it works. Then when you're ready to launch it, you sign up, use the offer code analog at checkout and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash analog. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code analog and you will get 10% off your first purchase and show you support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. So you had said just a moment ago, something to the effect of, you know, we didn't expect to go to this baseball game, but we did and it was a lot of fun, Right. And I wanted to talk about this, and I forgot to put it in the show notes, but I'm glad you reminded me of it. So it was a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. I forget exactly when it was, but um, uh, if you oh, it was the it was the Monday after WWDC week, if I'm not mistaken, or, or fr- Friday after WWDC week, that or the Friday of WWDC week. Um, we finally in Richmond have we were getting a Shake Shack. Uh, Shake Shack is ah, burger joint. I saw this. Um, uh, Shake Shack was a burger is a burger joint. Uh, it, it started in New York City, is spread you know fairly far and wide and, uh, domestically. I believe there's a handful in in the UK now, isn't that right? Oh, we've got loads of them, man. Okay, yeah. Um, so it's spread many places, but not to Little Podunk, Richmond, Virginia. And sure enough, they were opening one you know a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, and they were supposed to open it on uh, I think on a. Friday and then punted to Monday. Maybe I got that backwards. It doesn't really matter. One way or another, they were opening a Shake Shack. And I kind of joked with Aaron with varying degrees of seriousness. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go at like nine in the morning because they opened at 11. I'm going to go at like nine in the morning. I'm just going to camp out and I just, I want to be there. I want to go. I want to see it. I want to experience it and be one of the first people to try the new Shake Shack. And when I first said that, I was being silly. And then when I kept saying it over and over again, I think the silliness went down and the seriousness went up. And then I was talking with uh, with a good friend of mine, uh, Sam, who uh, is is in a group of like Sam and I try to go to lunch like once a month. Um, you know, I try to have FaceTime calls with some of my faraway friends once a month, or podcasts in certain cases. Hi, Mike. Uh, but slash John. But, Hi, John. Um, right, but uh, but anyways, uh, I go to to lunch with Sam like once a month and. Uh, I, I was, and I said to him, you know, I'm thinking about heading to Shake Shack and just parking, you know, figuratively speaking, parking and just, you know, sitting for a couple hours until they open. And he said, well, you know, coincidentally, I'm leaving the dentist right now and I could go to Shake Shack and park for a couple of hours. And I said, you know what? Screw it. Let's do it. And so I said, Darren, you know, I'm going to actually, I'm going to go do this. And she said, all right, whatever. And, you know, Sam and I each got there a little bit after nine in the morning for a restaurant that didn't open until 11. And that is, we just sat. <laughs> it's, it was like so dumb. iPhone lining the Shake Shack. Yeah, yeah. No, it's Incredible. the dumbest thing. It was th- such a stupid idea. Yeah. The dumbest idea. But you know what? It was a lot of fun. And what Yolo, ended up happening Yolo was, in, you know what I mean? Yeah, we. I was yoloing left and right, and so we we ended up showing up. The Shake Shack had a patio. We walk up. There was a woman by herself, and then there was a family of uh, a woman and her two children, and then the two of us. I was number four in line, sort of the fourth group, if you will. Sam was number three. And we waited for a couple hours. We just had a chat. Yeah, we chatted for a while. I pretended to do work for a little while before I realized that just wasn't going to happen. But we were able to sit on the the tables on the Shake Shack patio. You know, I brought like little folding chairs in case we had to just sit somewhere. I didn't need them. We just sat on the patio. And it was funny because when we first got there, there was, you know, the the family and, and the other woman and the two of us. So what is that? Three, four, five, six of us. And then there was a trickle here, trickle there. And then come like 10 o'clock ish, 
all of a sudden, everyone came out of the woodwork, and that line got long. And what we ended up doing was we orchestrated um, with Aaron and the kids, and then with our our friend Brad. Um, and so they all came in right around eleven o'clock, and you know, and and we ordered our lunch, and we had one of the first lunches served at this new Shake Shack in Richmond. It was a complete waste of time. It mm-hmm. was a stupid way to spend a morning. And I am so glad I did it because it was one of those things where, I don't know, I might've gone even without Sam having said something, but since he did, I was like, you know what? Hell yeah, let's do it. And it was so fun and so dumb and so delightful. And I'm so glad that I was able to get out of my comfort zone and do something different. And I am so, and I'm better for it. And it's a memory that I, that I, it's, it's it, again, it's dumb, but it's a good memory and it's a mm. good dumb memory. And I stand by it and I'm glad I did it. And you saying, oh, you know what? I don't think it was anywhere in the same league, but you know, let's go to this baseball game semi-spontaneously. I, and it worked out. I, same, I I would argue the baseball game again, better use of your time, but going to Shake Shack two hours early, it was fun. And I'm glad I did it. I think some of these like fun, weird, spontaneous things can generate Mm -hmm. some of the best memories or most like good, like surprisingly good feelings. Yeah, because you don't, if you're not expecting to have done it in the first place, you haven't really had a lot of time to think about it. Yep. So like every part of it is kind of like, oh, how surprising, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And there was nothing no. to let down, right? No. I figured, well, oh, I mean, the my- food could have been bad. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but, you know, I went figuring, oh, I'm going to waste my time and it's going to be silly and maybe I'll get a freebie or two, which we ended up, everyone got like a little baggie of like tchotchkes. But, um, but you know, I, I, I thought it was going to be a complete waste. And, on paper, it was a complete waste, but in reality, it was a great memory, and I'm glad I did it. Good. All right, let's take our second break. We 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 ran so long in the beginning. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry, look, everyone. I know they were sh- quick between, but like you had 48 minutes of us or whatever before. So like, <laughs> just just chill your breaks. Thank you for understanding, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Fitbod. When you want to change your fitness level, it can be hard to know where to start, which is why I'm pleased to let you know that Fitbod is both an easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan just for you. Everyone's fitness path is different, which is why Fitbod uses data to make sure they customize things exactly to suit you. By using a powerful algorithm to learn about you, your goals, and your training ability, Fitbod will create a custom and dynamic program based on your experience and any equipment that you have available. This is all contained within an app that makes it super easy to learn how to perform every single exercise. Superior results are achieved when a workout program is tailored to your unique body, experience, environment, and goals. Muscles improve when working in concert with the entire muscular system, so overworking some muscles while underworking others can negatively impact results. That's why Fitbod tracks muscle fatigue and recovery to design a well-balanced workout routine. By mixing up muscle groups, exercises, sets, reps, and weight over time, Fitbod serves to strengthen the musculoskeletal system and keep your body sharp. I was wondering if I was going to get that word in one case. I'm actually pretty <laughs> proud of myself. Well Musculoskeletal system very well uh, done. all of this keeps your gym sessions fresh and fun by making sure that you're mixing up your workouts with brand new exercises the fitbot app is super easy to use with over 1400 hd video tutorials shot from multiple angles to make sure that learning every single exercise is a breeze you can keep track of your achievements and personal bests with fitbot's progress tracking charts and it also integrates with your apple watch wearer smartwatch and apps like strava fitbit and apple health 
Personalized training of this quality can be expensive. Fitbot is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get 25% off your membership by signing up today at fitbot.me analog. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbot.me analog. Once again, that is fitbot.me analog for 25% off your membership. Our thanks to Fitbot for the support of this show and Relay FM. Recommendations? Yeah, what you got for me? All right, I've got a trio. Um, okay. The first one, first one is pretty simple. Uh, have you heard of Welcome to Wrexham? Oh, finally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe you probably recommended this to mm, me probably a year did. ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally had the opportunity to give it a shot. We are not done with it yet, uh, uh, okay. but it turns out delightful. Who Very knew? Good. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I've always had a bit of a crush on Ryan Reynolds. I just I mean, think he's has delightful. You know I mean, what I'm saying? for real. Come um, on. But anyway, <laughs> anyways, he just strikes me as a genuinely nice person. Like I'm sure he has his moments, but he strikes me as though he means well. I mean, he's Canadian. So what are you going to do? Um, and I don't know McElhenney from nothing really. Like I haven't done Mythic Quest yet. It's on the list. Never tried uh, Always Sunny, but uh, he, again, seems like a genuinely nice guy, like a little bit oh, more okay. hot-headed, but yep. um, he seems like, both of them seem like nice people, and it's just delightful seeing them buy the soccer team in Wales, football team in Wales, and try to turn it around, and it does have the vague whiffs of Ted Lasso. I'm like, a th- I think about half to two-thirds of the way through the season, um, and it is, it is quite, quite adorable and, and really, really fun. And I, and I quite like it. So, um, recommended if you have some time to kill, uh, secondly, uh, this will take just a minute of preamble, but I promise I'm going somewhere. So I am a huge fan of the NPR tiny desk concerts. Can if I ask you real quick? Yeah. Cause I also find it so funny the way that you set those up the same every single time. I'm a big fan of the NPR tiny desk concerts. Like it's like, uh, uh-huh. I feel like that we could put that on a t-shirt and like that would be like a t-shirt <laughs> for this show. Um, are you familiar with how Wrexham have performed? Like, uh, I believe they got promoted, right? I mean, I, I'm just asking you that question. I'm not necessarily going to tell you this information. It is weird where like a, a, a TV show can be spoiled by real world events. Right. Exactly. Um, I, I know that they used to be awful. And then I thought I had read a headline at some point that had flown across my transom that, that they did indeed get promoted a, a level or two or something like that. But yeah, I, I don't know that for certainty. Yeah. They, they're, they've gone up. They, they, they secure promotion this year, which is going to make like season two of the television show, just like incredibly good. But like, it's just, it's just super interesting to see it happen. Like it's, mm. it's, kind of a fascinating story and it's also one of these things like that Wrexham is really interesting because like my brothers didn't want to watch it they weren't interested in it because they as big football fans had this idea which a lot of people did of like oh it's just another couple of rich celebrities or millionaires or whatever buying yeah, a football yeah, yeah. club and mm-hmm. what this show demonstrates which is what I had to keep telling them over and over and over again till they both watched it and now they love it and believe in what they're doing it's like these two are actually different. Like they are approaching it from with like respect and care for the town and for the sport and are mm-hmm. actually improving the lives of people in Wrexham. Like the Welsh national team is going to play games at that stadium now. Not all of oh, them. Because cool. they, they mm-hmm. typically play in Cardiff. There's a mm-hmm. huge stadium there, but they're also going to play in Wrexham again because like, yeah, it's just great. It's just lovely to see. Like, yep. it's, uh, it's done really well. It's done with love and care. 
Yep, you just love to see it. Yep. Uh, so Tiny Desk Concerts, I, I, I am being told in my earpiece that I've brought this up once or twice. Um, well, I somehow stumbled upon a Tiny Desk Concert from, I think, years ago from a band called Snarky Puppy. Um, I don't even know the appropriate way to describe Snarky Puppy. It's kind of like weird, good, weird, modern jazz. And uh, it, and I listen to them from time to time. It's uh, The Tiny Desk Concert is one that I, uh, I have archived for future use um, and so lives on Plex. And I'll put it on from time to time, but I didn't think that much of it. And then uh, recently I started reading Kaki for the first time. I'd never read his stuff before. And in April, he had a post about an epic improvisation. And it was like this love letter. It's short, but it's like a love letter to one particular performance by this band called, you guessed it, Snarky Puppy. And I read his little piece on it. And then I watched this little video. And it's one song from a concert album that they did. And sure enough, it was indeed an epic improvisation. And that got me looking at the album that it was from, which is called We Like It Here. And it was filmed uh, somewhere in Europe. I don't recall off the top of my head. Um, and you can find it's not cut up. It, it's it's basically uh, concatenated a bunch of individual videos as one long video. But you can find it on YouTube. We'll put a link in the show notes. And um, and it is incredible it's definitely odd music like it's not your standard pop music but it's just absolutely incredible and if you wanted to try any of the songs try the very last one called lingus which is the one that cocky was talking about um or just try the tiny desk concert which is you know quite a bit shorter than the full album that i'm the we like it here album anyway all of them very good and on a final note mike have you heard the good word about sit stand desks okay because I have finally gotten myself a sit-stand desk. This happened a couple of months back, and we just haven't had the time to talk about it. Uh, I got a Foley Jarvis, if memory serves. Uh, Foley has now, just I in the last week Helen or so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have just announced that, that Foley is getting like kind of sunset, kind of They're getting absorbed. sucked up it's into absorbed, Herman Miller. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But uh, I freaking love this thing, and actually I think I like the monitor stand, the dual monitor stand even more than the desk, and I really like the desk. Uh, sit-stand desk, obviously not for everyone, but I really, really like it. And I believe you have one or more of, of these or something like it, but you said you actually don't stand that often. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I mostly just use the setting. But just to, to give you an idea, I mean, we got a free one from them uh, as part of the ah, sponsorship. Nice. But mm -hmm. I bought three of them. <laughs> so this is super good. Like, they, they sent one, and it's it's the desk that Adina uses um, at home, in her home mm -hmm. office. And then I have three... Uh, fully Jarvis is here and I wanted to get this table that they used to make like just like a like a standing table rather than desk but uh, I missed out and now it's not available anymore it's not one of the products that is oh, available on the Herman Miller uh, store so that's a bummer all right what do you have for me Across the Spider-Verse oh you and everyone else ah, I, I, mean, I a great movie at some that's point. why I mean I don't know what to tell you uh, mm. I, it's fantastic you know they they did it again. Um, Into the Spider Verse was a marvel. You know, like a like a technical marvel yeah, yeah, of yeah, a yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what Across the Spider Verse does is takes that as a foundation and then goes ahead and makes like a I think like a just a better movie movie. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Out of it, but mm -hmm. you know it. I don't think it hits the highs of Into because again it's like. That movie was just so groundbreaking and that's different. exactly the word I was about to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that I don't know if the, the new movie hits that, but mm -hmm. 
it has like a bigger, more well-rounded voice cast, and the visuals are more impressive in certain places. Like just like the overall. What I mean is like the overall kind of like backgrounds that they built and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the music is excellent. It's just like a, a just a great movie. And to the point that like you know the the third movie in the trilogy comes out next year, and. I can only imagine that thing is going to be an absolute banger because I think maybe for me, the only place where, you know, this isn't a complete story because it's the middle of a trilogy. So like the end of this movie is just a cliffhanger and I enjoyed it and I knew that was coming and it's a really good cliffhanger, but it is a bit like, and I understand like a lot of people like, ah, but like this isn't the full, this isn't like a full thing. Right. So, right. Right. That is depending on how you look at it, could be a knock on the movie. But I feel like if you know going in, it's not it's not so much of a of a pain. But yeah, I love it. It's very funny, very entertaining. Uh, I'm very happy I got to see it in the cinema. Uh, I recommend it big time. Yeah, I've understood it to be quite, quite, quite good. Um, the aforementioned Brad that joined us at Shake Shack, he and his family have gone. I think they've seen it like two times in the theaters already because oh, apparently all three of them, including their their eight and a half year old daughter, are like obsessed. So, but I got my uh, my opening day tickets for Mission Impossible in IMAX. Oh, fancy! I haven't I'm seen a Mission Impossible since like the first or second one. Oh. I know I'm letting Todd Vaziri down, but uh, I I need to get, go and like give them a watch. These movie you should marathon them, man. That's what yeah. we did, yeah, yeah. and like. You know, you got to understand there's some cheese in there and also there's like some like maybe not good movies in there, but especially <laughs> as you get to the more modern ones, they are incredible. So, yeah, I got to give them another shot. So we've, I'm very excited about that. All right. What else is good? Actually, something similar to the Spider-Verse movies where like you take a movie that's groundbreaking and then you have to follow it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to recommend, in case you've not heard of this video game, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> I have heard of this. <laughs> where I feel like Tears of the Kingdom is the perfect example of taking something groundbreaking and then building on it to make something wholly better than the original. Mm-hmm. Now, it's kind of interesting, really. Like, I think Tears of the Kingdom, in every way it could be, is a better video game than Breath of the Wild. Like it just is, which is kind of unbelievable, really, because yeah, I think Breath of the Wild is my favorite was my favorite game of all time, and is in the conversation for the best video game ever made. Like it's in the conversation, yeah. And Tears of the Kingdom is right up there. I've not completed the game yet, but I can't imagine it faltering at the end. Um. But, like, what I don't know yet, and I really don't know yet because it's just too soon, of, like, can this be my favorite? Like, because what Tears doesn't have is the initial Breath of the Wild thing of, like, it being such a surprise. Like, Mm -hmm. such a surprise. And it was surprising that Tears of the Kingdom could excel on Breath of the Wild, but it's a different kind of surprise because you you have a much higher level of expectation. I mean, I think they did truly knock it out of the park of, like, giving you enough more in the game where you still have these moments where it's like, what the hell is going on? Which is what Breath (laughs) of the Wild does. And, like, the fact that Zelda... uh, The fact that Nintendo were able to do this twice is is it is an achievement like just yeah. let alone it being an incredible game is an achievement so yeah i i, I don't They've know still I don't, got it. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm. I can imagine I will put more hours into this uh, than maybe I put into Breath of the Wild, which is a wild thing to consider. I'm having an absolutely fantastic time with this game. I'm not rushing it at all. Um, I think it's actually very approachable. I would say that for both Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Like, even if you've not played games like this before, you know, seeing my wife just like she she beat Breath of the Wild and is playing through Tears of the Kingdom alongside me and is doing as well, if not better than me in places. Like, and she's not a gamer. Like she is mm-hmm. now. I think Breath of the Wild made her a gamer. <laughs> I mean, because you know right. she played Breath of the Wild and then you know beat Mario's Odyssey and like you know she she's got that now like in her. She can understand and she could play this game. She do well in them. But mm. the I was nervous about Breath of the Wild for her. Like I wanted her to try it. I wanted her to play it. But I it, it I was nervous if it was like too much of a game, right? Mm. But nope crushed it and is crushing it again with tears so what i will say i'm playing the entire game handheld um and uh, i wanted to recommend a controller called the binbok controller um wait this is sorry it is the doyoki controller by a company called binbok so i can't use the joy cons they're too small for my hands and they're very i think they're very uh unergonomic and very uncomfortable for me i yeah. used a controller called the hori split pad for a long time so they're like big they basically take a pro controller cut it in half put it on each side so it's uh, way yes. chunkier mm-hmm. way more comfortable but it doesn't have motion control and motion control is pretty helpful in zelda and so i was doing a bunch of searching i found this company called binbok they make you know, a controller-like thing cut in half, put on each side, so it's bigger and easier to hold, um, and it has motion control. I don't think it's as good a controller as the uh, Hori split Broken. pad, but oh, it's, okay. mm-hmm. it's enough. And so it, I think it gives the, the good mixture of the two, so I recommend that a lot. Nice. And my last one is I'm just re-recommending the West Wing. So I uh, <laughs> I like to have like a plain TV show, like as an airplane? Yeah. So every mm-hmm. time I'm going to go on a plane, I watch a show. And from like 2021 to 2020, end of 2022, it was Mad Men. So I watched all of Mad Men while I was traveling, you know, mm-hmm. whenever I was on a plane. And now I've moved to the West Wing. And so uh, I watched the ba- basically most of the first season on the plane journeys on this trip. Just love that TV show, man. I just, you can't, I, you know, if you've seen The West Wing in its entirety and you've not watched it back or you've not watched it in a long time, I was so surprised by how many of the big story beats in the show occur in the first season. Like, I was really surprised by that, where, like, there are all these things, these, like, monumental things for the show, and a bunch of them occur, like, early and i was like oh man like you find out like they're reoccurring things that are happening throughout the entire show but like the first time you learn about these things are in like the first few episodes it's like man i never would have expected that so yeah super good loved it love it continue to love it such a great show 